This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Good evening. It's good to see everybody here tonight. Uh, Tonight I want to go over a topic, and I hope I don't wear this topic out. It's something we probably have heard several countless lessons on, but the topic I've chosen for tonight is worthless fellows, the sons of Belial. In all seriousness, you probably may have never, or perhaps never even studied this out or heard a message on this, but it's something that that I wanted to study out because it's always bothered me when people, I hear people at work, people you know on TV or whatever say, call somebody worthless. Like this person is that worthless guy or so forth. And I don't know, that never has set well with me because you know we look at the verses and we know that the very hairs of our head are numbered. We know that God wants everyone to be saved. He sent his son here to die for us. So when I hear people call somebody worthless, I don't know, there's something that doesn't sit right with me. So what I've been doing for the, I don't know, probably last several years as I go to work, I listen to the audio Bible just from start to finish. And I started listening to the ESV. And I get to the book of Judges and it gets to this passage and it uses the term worthless fellows. And this is the word of God referring to this This group of men is worthless fellows. And that just was, I don't know, it's kind of eye-opening. And I figured I need to study this out because is this a correct translation, first of all? And if so, what's the message there? And the first example is the judge Jephthah. If you're familiar with Jephthah, he's a man that eventually suffers tragedy because he comes home from a great battle and and he, he makes a vow to God and he says that, you know, if I'm successful, when I get home, whatever greets me on the, at, the, at the front door, I'm going to sacrifice. Well, he gets home after this victory, and his daughter greets him. And we know that there's a lot of weeping. And, you know, that's a study of its own, but that is who this, this man is. And we read about him in Judges chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, says this. Now, Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, and he was the son of a harlot. And Gilead begat Jephthah. And Gilead's wife bare him sons, and his wife's sons grew up, and they thrust out Jephthah and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brethren and dwelt in the land of Tob, and there were gathered vain men to Jephthah and went out with him. And that's how I had always read the, the King James Version, vain men. So when I hear... The ESV of this, it words this as in, he dwelled in the land of Tob and worthless fellows collected around Jephthah and went out with him. And so I had to, you know, it ate at me, I had to look at that. And as I studied it out, sure enough, that is a valid translation. If you look at the, the Hebrew for that word uh, vain, it's rake, which is worthless. And then the Greek, belial worthlessness and so what we're going to look at tonight is what exactly is the message here i think what we'll find is that what people in 
just by default, God doesn't make a, a person of no value. What happens is a man or woman, by the actions that they choose, they make themselves worthless to God. And we certainly don't want to be in that category or surround ourselves with these types of people. This man, Jephthah, surrounded himself with worthless fellows, people that were no doing things that were of no value, living a life out that were of no value to God or anyone else. Deuteronomy chapter 13, verses 12 through 16. says this, If thou shalt hear, say, in one of thy cities, which the Lord thy God has given thee to dwell there, saying, Certain men, the children of Belial, translated in the ESV as worthless fellows, certain men, worthless fellows, are gone out from among you and have withdrawn the inhabitants of their city, saying, let us go and serve other gods which ye have not known. Then shall you inquire and make search and ask diligently. And behold, if it be true and the thing certain that such abomination is wrought among you, thou shalt surely smite the inhabitants of that city with the edge of the sword, destroying it utterly and all that is therein and the cattle thereof with the edge of the sword. And thou shalt gather all the spoil of it into the midst of the street thereof and shall burn the city with fire and all the spoil thereof every whit for the Lord thy God and it shall be in heap forever. It shall not be built again. So here we have the actions of children of Belial or worthless fellows. What were they doing that earned them that title? Well, they were drawing people away from God. This is very explicit here. They were specifically saying, hey, children of God, let us go serve another, let's go serve other gods that we don't even know. Come on out. They, they were leading people away from God and they were given this title as worthless fellows and the judgment on them was very great. You know, destroy them, take that city out. It's, it's going to be a heap. It's never going to be built again. Wipe it out. The next example we come to is in Judges chapter 19, starting verse, with verse 22. We're introduced to a man here. Uh, this man, he has a, a wife that flees from him, goes back to her family, and after several months, he, decide, he decides to go get her. And he, he goes in there, sweet talks her, convinces her to come back with him, and he goes out, and as he's taking her back, there's a city of foreigners, which he could have turned to, but no, he specifically wants to go to his own people to stay, to stay the night there. And he's going to find out that this was a, a mistake, which you would think going to his own people would have been the better choice. But we're going to see here our next example of worthless, fellow, of worthless fellows. And this is at Gibeah. He goes into this town. He's there at night. No one offers him lodging. And an old man comes through from the field. And, and he said, no, don't stay in the city square. Come back home with me. In verse 22, now as they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, certain sons of Belial, or certain worthless fellows, beset the house round about and beat at the door and spake to the master of the house, the old man saying, Bring forth the man that came into thine house that we may know him. And they weren't looking to have a conversation with this man. 
And the man, the master of the house, went out to them and said to them, Nay, my brethren, nay, I pray you, do not so wickedly, seeing that this man is coming to my house, do not this folly. Behold, here's my daughter, a maiden, and his concubine. Them I will bring out now, and humble ye them, and do with them what seemeth good unto you. But unto this man do not so vile a thing. But the men would not hearken to him, so the man took his concubine, brought her forth unto them, and they knew her, abused her all night till the morning, and when the day began to spring, they let her go. And the woman, then came the woman in the dawning of the day, and fell down at the door of the man's house where her Lord was till it was light. And her Lord rose up in the morning, and opened the doors of the house, and went out to go his way. And behold, the woman his concubine was fallen down at the door of the house, and her hands upon the threshold. And he said unto her, Up, let us be going. But none answered. And the man took her upon an ass, and the man rose up and gat him unto his place. And when he was coming to his house, he took a knife, he laid hold on his concubine, and divided her together with her bones into twelve pieces, and sent her unto all the coast of Israel. And it was so that all that saw it said, There was no such deed done nor seen from the day that the children of Israel came up out of the land of Egypt unto this day. Consider of it, take advice, and speak your minds. Again, who did this? Sons of Belial, worthless fellows, are the ones that are described here. And very similar of a scenario to those in Sodom. Very wicked thing going on in this town. But again, this man went to a town of his own people thinking he would have refuge instead of going to foreigners, and he found anything but that. And outrageous thing, as it says here, that's never been seen before. This is so heinous of a, of a crime that's been committed. And what we'll find is it sparks a war, actually sparks a war. Judges chapter 20, verses 1 through 3. Then all the children went out, and the congregation was gathered together as one man, from Dan even to Beersheba, with the land of Gilead unto the Lord in Mizpah. And the chief of all the people, even of all the tribes of Israel, presented themselves in the assembly, assembly of the people of God, 400,000 footmen that drew sword. So here we are now because of some wickedness from these uh, worthless fellows. They do this awful thing. Now you've got 400,000 people now that are involved in this that's about to wage war on this city. Now the children of Benjamin heard that the children of Israel were gone up to Mizpah. Then said the children of Israel, tell us, how was this wickedness? And then in verse, starting in verse 8, And all the people arose as one man, saying, and this is after the man recounts the story to them, all of them, again, 400,000 men with the sword, they rose up as one man. We will not any of us go to his tent, neither will we any of us turn into his house, but now this shall be the thing which we will do to Gibeah. We will go up by lot against it. And so they are ready to, to wage war on this city. How do the people of, of this city respond? And there's some lessons we can draw from this because these men had a great zeal. They knew that this was great wickedness and it could not be tolerated. You know, this was a different 
time and place, but spiritually, really, we need that zeal today. When something wicked goes on, we need to take care of it, especially if it's in you know, the household of our brethren. This was in their country again, this land here of Gibeah. So they go up to this town, and let's see how these people in this town behave. So they go up and they say, Now therefore deliver us the men, the children of Belial, or the worthless fellows, which are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and put away evil from Israel. And it's interesting, they didn't go up there with this 400,000 men and just burn the city down. They didn't go up there for that. They, they specifically said, turn the, you know, the, the ones that are guilty, turn them over. But the children of Benjamin would not hearken to the voice of their brethren, the children of Israel. But the children of Benjamin gathered themselves together out of the cities unto Gibeah to go out to battle against the children of Israel. 400,000 men coming up, give, us, give these men over to us. We're not giving them over to you. In other words, we don't really care about the things that happen here. We're not giving you our men over. We're going to come out and fight you. Verse 46. So that all which fell that day of Benjamin were twenty and five thousand men that drew the sword. All these were men of valor. Again, wicked acts, army of four hundred thousand. Other army here in the end, they lose 25,000 men. In between there, the children of Israel end up losing 22,000 one day and another 18,000, I believe, another day. If you add that up, there's like 65,000 men that end up dying because of a sin that happened and was really not addressed. So you have this war. Again, all the children of Israel are fighting. And so there's a... I think a parallel there that we, we can draw from that. We have to correct sin and we can't just ignore it or stand for it because there's always, sin is not a victimless crime. The world will try to convince us that. Sin always has a victim. Of course, the one that sins, if I commit sin, but so often it's those around you, your family that suffer from that sin as well. Now, when you try to visualize a, a worthless fellow that is Probably, you know, if I just visualize a worthless fellow, you may think of maybe a drunk guy on the street ranting and raving, you know, incoherent things. Maybe a, a criminal, uh, somebody that abuses his family and so forth. You would not expect that to be somebody in God's house. And that's exactly where we're going to find the next worthless fellows. It's, it's uh, Eli's sons who are described this way. Men that were supposed to be serving God as priests. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial, or worthless men. Again, Eli is the main priest here. These are his sons. They knew better. They, should be, they were the ones that were supposed to be ministering on the people's behalf to God. But here they were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servant came while the flesh was in seething with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand. And he struck it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the flesh hook brought up, the priest took for himself. 
So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. Also, before they burnt the fat, the priest's servant came and said to the man that sacrificed, Give flesh to the roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw. What that means is we want, you know, we want our portion. We had better not be boiled. Give us this, give us that meat raw. And if any man said unto him, Let not fail to burn the fat presently, then take as much as thy soul desireth. Then he would answer him, Nay, but thou shalt give it me now, and if not, I will take it by force. Therefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred offering to the Lord. And I would think that either these men, throughout history, anybody that knew God or claimed to know God, that was considered his servant, that would include us, members of the church, it would be the, probably the biggest disgrace for us to fall in this category here where we drive somebody else to abhor the offering of the Lord. And so we need to take a look at ourselves. Do we ever, are we ever guilty of that? Because if you get a visual on this, you know, they bring this meat to sacrifice and they're taking a fork and jamming it in. And, you know, it's just making a mockery of the sacrifice to God. But we have to be very careful that our actions would never make somebody else like somebody else convinced that it's a stench to serve God. We have to be so very careful that that we are good examples and that we don't ever fall guilty of, of being a worthless fellow. Now, Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel, and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said unto them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their father because the Lord would slay them. And so here we see Eli was very, his, you might say his heart was broken. I mean, he was troubled. He knew what his sons were doing. But he was in a position where he could have really put a stop to it, and he didn't. He was just, he was lamenting that. And he, he even says here, you know, if two people have a sin against one another, well, a judge will decide that. But who's going to, step in for somebody that sins against the Lord. Really, that's your job. You're serving in that capacity and you're making the people hate serving the Lord. And he gives them these warnings and it doesn't work. And we're going to see the fate that falls upon men that are considered uh, worthless fellows. 1 Samuel chapter 25, verses 14 through uh, 25. Actually, back up a minute. The fate, we're not going to go into to read the account, but Eli, his sons go out to battle, and actually all three of them die on the same day. The sons die in battle. He gets news of, of their fate, and he's a very large man, and he rocks, he rocks back in his chair, 
and falls back and snaps his neck. So they all three die on the same day. But that's kind of an illustration of what happens when this sin is not taken care of. The next worthless fellow that we're going to read about is Nabal the Calebite. He's described as a very rich man. He had 3,000 sheep, 1,000 goats. And his, you know, he's just kind of this wretched, despicable character that really people don't care to be around. His wife is the 180 of that. She's described as very beautiful, well-spoken, loved by all. David and his army, they're out fleeing from Saul. And they come upon some of Nabal's men out there. And they kind of form a hedge around his men. They protect Nabal's men. And they send a message back to Nabal asking him for some food. And Nabal is very rude. He says, who is David? And makes a comment such as, there's people running away from their masters all the time. I'm not, you know, not going to give him the time of day. He sends them away. And David... You know, David was a man of, of war, probably not a man you'd want to mess around with, and he's ready to just go in and take care of this man. But we're going to see that Abigail, Abigail comes to Nabal's rescue in behalf. She comes to David in behalf of her husband. Here in 1 Samuel chapter 25, verses 14 through 25. But one of the young men told Abigail, Abigail Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he railed upon them. But the men were very good to us. We were not hurt, neither missed we anything, as long as we were conversant with them when we were in the fields. They were a wall unto us both by, nay, by night and day, all the while we were with them keeping the sheep. Now therefore know and consider what you will do. For evil is determined against our master and against all his household. For he is such a worthless man that a man cannot speak to him. Then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves, two bottles of wine, five sheep ready dressed, five measures of parched corn, and a hundred clusters of raisins and 200 cakes of figs and laid them on asses. And she said unto her servants, Go on before me. Behold, I come after you. But she told not her husband Nabal, and it was so, as she rode on the ass, that she came down by the covert of the hill, and behold, David and his men came down against her, and she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain have I kept all that this fellow has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that pertained to him. And he hath requited me evil for good. So and more also do God unto the enemies of David, if I leave of all that pertain to him by the morning light, any that pisseth against the wall. And when Abigail saw David, she hasted and lighted off the ass and fell before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground and fell at his feet and said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me let this iniquity be. And let thine handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience and hear the words of thy handmaid. Let not, my Lord, I pray thee, regard this worthless fellow, this man of Belial, even Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I, thine handmaid, saw not the young men of my Lord, whom thou didst send. David did a good thing for Nabal. He took care of the of Nabal's men, of his flocks, no damage was done to them. And Nabal repaid that good 
with evil. And there are many witnesses, as we see here, that testify of Nabal's worklessness, of his awful character. Abigail, you notice, she doesn't condone the actions of her husband. She doesn't say this is such a great man. But she asks for forgiveness and even offers to take the punishment for Nabal. And if you rewind to the story, the, the war that broke out back there in the, the city of Gibeah, they didn't, you know, they didn't even address the sin. They just said, we're going to fight you. Abigail took a much different tone and made peace in that situation. She resolved that conflict. Shortly after, she tells Nabal what she did. And you can probably imagine how he reacted to that. Well, he ends up dying of a heart attack. Or he has a heart attack and dies 10 days later. And it's, it's just another more proof that in the end, being somebody worthless to God, choosing to live that way, it's never going to end up good for you. The next example is no different. Again, this involves David. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 21 through 25. And David came to the 200 men which were so faint that they could not follow David. So the backstory to this, David is on a, a conquest and he goes out and some of his men, 200 men, they literally, they were so faint they could not make the rest of the journey. So he says, you stay here and guard, as we're going to see, guard the stuff and just wait for us till we get back. So this is where we pick up. So they come back to the 200 men which were so faint that they could not follow David, whom they had made also to abide at the brook Besor, and they went forth to meet David and to meet the people that were with him. And when David came near to the people, he saluted them. Then answered all the wicked men and worthless fellows, men of Belial, of those that with of those that went with David and said, okay, so David salutes these men. They've stayed behind with the, with the stuff. But there's a lot that are coming back that we see fall into this worthless category. What do they do? They say, because they went not with us, we will not give them out of the spoil that we've recovered. Save to every man his wife and his children that they may lead them away and depart. So in other words, we're not giving them any of this spoil. Get them out of here. You know, let them have their families and get out of here. And David said, you shall not do so, my brethren. With that which the Lord has, give, has given us, who has preserved us and delivered the company that came against us into our hand. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goes down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. They shall part alike. And it was so from that day forward that he made it a statute and an ordinance for Israel unto this day. That is just one of the things, many things that I just love about David. You know, we know that David was a man after God's own heart, and we see some of that right here. These men were truly faint. They could not go up to battle. God gives them a victory, and yet there's some worthless fellows that want to take God's victory and not share it with others. And that's a good parallel to how we are. God has given us the victory through Jesus Christ, 
We better not be like a worthless fellow that says, uh-uh, we're not, get, we're not sharing that. Get them out of here. No, we share the Lord's blessings with others. We share God's victory. And there's just so much wisdom in that from David. You're not going to make this great victory into a selfish event here. And that's why the, these men earn that title, worthless fellows. 2 Samuel 20, verses 1 and 2. Again, involving David. And there happened to be there a worthless fellow, man of Belial, whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri, a Benjamite. And he blew a trumpet and said, We have no part in David, neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to his tents, O Israel. So every man of Israel went up from after David and followed Sheba, the son of Bichri. But the men of Judah clave unto their king from Jordan even to Jerusalem. So here we have, first of all, a man, worthless fellow. What does he do? He divides the people of God, which we know that God hates division. And that's you know, just part of what he does here. He toots his own, he literally toots his own horn. He blew a trumpet and said, we have no, we have no part in David. And, you know, people follow him. And as you can imagine, David is, you know, not just going to say, okay, so be it. Second Samuel 20, verses 20 through 22. And Joab answered and said, and okay, the backstory here, David send, sends Joab, and we know that Joab, guy you not, do not want to mess around with, and he sends Joab out to this city, and Joab comes upon this city. And again, the behavior, does he go into that city and just bulldoze in there? No, he goes up to the city, and the city becomes afraid, and they say, you know, they're afraid he's just going to raise the city. But Joab answered and said, Far be it, far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. The matter is not so. But a man of Mount Ephraim, Sheba, the son of Bichri by name, has lifted up his hand against the king, even against David. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. Now you remember back from those men of Gibeah, the army of 400,000 came out. The wording wasn't the same, but they came for the guilty party, and we know they just armed up, and they were ready for a fight. Here, Joab comes with the army, deliver this man, and we'll leave. And the woman said unto Joab, this woman that's conversing with Joab, who tells Joab, you've come here to destroy, and as we just read, no, that's, that's not true. The woman said unto Joab, Behold, his head shall be thrown to thee over the wall. Then the woman went unto all the people in her wisdom, and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bichri, and cast it out to Joab. And he blew a trumpet, and they retired from the city, every man to his tent. And Joab returned to Jerusalem unto the king. So Sheba, as we read, was a worthless fellow. He created discord between the brethren. He created chaos. And look at how, again, how it ended up for him. It is not pleasant when you become that worthless fellow. 
And it's bad enough when your poor decisions cost you your life. What's even worse is when they cost someone else theirs, which, which these people were put at risk because although Joab stopped short of coming in the city, that was on the table. If they would have said, no, we're not giving him over, probably everybody in that city, uh, or at least the men probably would have perished if they would have defended this guy. The next worthless fellow is Ahab. And we know the, the history of the, the kings of Israel. Or, you know, it was like a hall of shame for a lot of those guys. It seemed like one was worse than the next. But of all of those, up at the top of the, the hall of shame was Ahab. He and his wife Jezebel, they were a disaster as being an authority. And as we know the story, Ahab, he sees a vineyard that he wants and he doesn't get it. This man Naboth, Naboth has this vineyard, beautiful vineyard, and Ahab says, I got, I'm the king, I want that vineyard. And Naboth says, no, this is my inheritance, I can't give it to you. And we know Ahab just he literally pouts about it. He goes to his bed and he's crying. And his wife Jezebel says, what are you, what are you doing? Let me show you how it's done. And so she cooks up this plan, wicked plan, to frame Naboth and have him killed. And she uses no other than worthless fellows to carry out this plan. First Kings 21, 9 and 10. And she wrote in the letter, so she writes this letter out to the people of the, of the city. And she says, proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. And set two men, worthless fellows, sons of Belial, before him to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king and then carry him out and stone him that he may die. And this man, Naboth, for all we know, he seems like, like a good man. And yet he's framed by Jezebel, but with Ahab's permission. And worthless fellows frame him, and this man is stoned to death. You know, you wonder how someone could be that far removed from God that they bear false witness knowing that somebody is going to die such an awful death of stoning. But then there's another degree because this is the king. These are the rulers of the land that are doing this. It's just kind of mind-boggling. You know, if they wanted the vineyard that bad, just go in and take it. You rule the land. So you're trying to cover up this sin. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But this good man pays with his life at the hand of the worthless fellows who helped them carry this plan out. So what we've seen tonight in these, these worthless fellows, just a quick review, we've got Jephthah's acquaintances. We know that he surrounded himself with worthless fellows. They accomplished nothing good. They were just kind of wasting their life away. Men of Gibeah, they committed atrocities to a man's wife. They killed her. They sparked a war. Over 65,000 men died. The sons of Eli, worthless fellows, profaned the sacrifices to the Lord, turned people away from God, committed fornication with those at the tabernacle. Nabal treated David with contempt, harsh to those around him. Men who, who returned with David from battle and, you know, couldn't stand the sight of the men that were too weak to make the, the battle with them. 
they belittled the people that were not strong enough and they attempted to exclude others from the gifts of God. Sheba, the son of Bichri, he created division among the people. He led people astray. And finally, Naboth's accusers. They gave false witness, which led to an innocent man being stoned to death. So why is this important to us? We've kind of addressed it a little bit so far. Why does this matter? It's because we are not invincible. We can be influenced, and that is why we are warned to keep uh, good company. Evil communications corrupts good manners. We can't be careless in the people that we choose to hang around, the things that we expose ourselves to. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33, be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. Be not deceived is a good part of that verse that we often uh, maybe don't focus on because we focus on the evil communications corrupt good manners. We hear that. We know that we shouldn't hang around evil communications. But just as important, don't be deceived because we can be. That's how we let that very thing happen by not being on our guard. Be not deceived. Don't be fooled or blinded. Evil communications corrupt good manners. They can and they will corrupt good manners. Proverbs 13 and 20, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. James 4 and 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You know, do you think that these instructions were written for the worthless fellows that were going to read this and oh, all of a sudden make themselves... Uh, you know, profitable to God. These were written for God's people. They were written for the church, for us Christians. They were written that we are not deceived, that we submit ourselves to God, that we don't become worthless, that we are profitable in God's service. If worthless fellows were no big deal, if we didn't really need to worry about it, if they were no threat, uh, then why does David, who he had a run-in with probably more worthless fellows than anybody, these were some of his last words, which you've got to think are important. 2 Samuel 23, verses 1 says, Now these be the last words of David. You skip down to verses 6 and 7, say this. But, and this is David speaking, But the sons of Belial, or worthless men, shall be all of them as thorns thrust away because they cannot be taken with hands. But the man that touch them must be fenced with iron and the staff of a spear and they shall be utterly burned with fire in the same place. So as David, his last words, he is warning about these sons of Belial, how dangerous these worthless fellows are. They cannot be Handle like it almost be like grabbing a rose bush, you know, and just ripping it out with your hands. You cannot, you cannot handle these men that that act like this because you will, you know, if you play with fire, you will get burned. Here, we say he says you can't handle these, you know, without armor. So beware. He's giving a warning out here. That didn't, and this warning was not just this was not just things that were happening in the time of David. The term Belial is mentioned once in the New Testament, but I think the message is very clear. 
We see this in 2 Corinthians 6, verses 14 and 15, where we're told, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believeth with an infidel? So the answers there are self or rhetorical questions. What concord, what agreement is there in Christ with Belial or Christ in worthlessness? There's, there's no agreement there. And so we can't afford to be worthless and we can't afford to welcome that in our life because as we read a moment ago, you know, that will corrupt us. So we have to be on our guard. We can never be too careful about who or what we associate with. That's where I'll end the study tonight. Again, we got to make sure that we keep a safe distance away from evil, from evil, from wickedness, from worthlessness, because we are supposed to be profitable servants to God. If you feel tonight like maybe you've made yourself worthless, or, and maybe you need the prayers of the church, we, we stand ready to go to God in prayer on your behalf. If you've never been baptized and you understand baptism and you'd like to make that step right now, we urge you to do so because we're not guaranteed another moment of life and, and we have a baptistry right here. So don't hinder yourself because we're ready to assist you if, if you're ready to be baptized. If you be there of either case, please come forward while we stand and sing. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.